Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome back to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We are well on our way now into 2015, and I hope you're having a great year. We're a little over a week into the new year, and I know that a lot of people gave me a lot of positive feedback about the goal-setting episode that we did with Jerry O'Brien a couple of days before the new year. And so hopefully you took some of that advice that Jerry O'Brien shared, and you're setting your goals, and you're making things happen for the new year. And if some of those goals are financial-based goals, you're going to want to listen to the entire show today because we have an amazing guest. Today, we are going to talk with Michelle Perry Higgins, and she is a financial planner and a principal at California Financial Advisors in San Ramon, California. But as I look at her bio, I mean, we could spend the whole half hour reading all the amazing things she's done in building this practice and helping executives and helping families prepare for retirement and everything else. She has won, you know, all kinds of awards as just a leader in her industry and as a businesswoman. But one of the things that's really interesting is she's the author of two books and full disclosure, she's worked with New Year Publishing, which is the publishing company that I'm involved with. And she has a third book coming out. So her first book was called The Everything Binder. Financial Estate and Personal Affairs Organizer, which if you think about it, that's something we all really should have. We really should have all of our financial ducks in a row. And Michelle's book does a really good job of helping people get that together. And then the next one gets a little more fun. It's Stocks, Bonds, and Soccer Moms, Seven tip seven steps excuse me to a balanced life and then the new one that has me most excited it's going to come out in may of 2015 and it is called college poor no more a hundred savings tips for college students and if you've listened to the show you know that i am about to launch one of my kids off into the world of college this year so as soon as that book comes out or or maybe i can get an advanced copy from new year publishing i'm going to make my daughter read how to be college poor no more so so michelle welcome to cool things entrepreneurs do thank you tom for having me i'm excited to be here i love your show and um i appreciate you having me on today yeah i appreciate it and we met once when i was out in the san ramon danville california area and you are just delightful so i know that everybody who is listening today is not only in store for some really good information but also this is going to be a fun conversation so i gave everybody a little bit of a background of you know how you are you know this great financial advisor and how you've done all this stuff but but why don't you sort of describe what your business is so my my partners and I, I own a company with three other gentlemen. Um, we are money managers and financial planners. And, and I say that with two hats uh, because financial planning is so important and really the foundation of how we manage money. Um, we now are managing uh, over $980 million in assets. Um, and we really spend a lot of time, first and foremost, doing financial plans, understanding um, one's assets, their living expenses, their dreams, their fears, getting them, um, transitioning them out of big companies. We work with a lot of AT&T and Chevron folks um, that are getting early retirement offers. Should they take them? Should they leave? Um, so that is what we do. And then, of course, the other hat I wear, which is actually managing retirement dollars once folks 
leave leave the company or transition to other businesses. Have you always worked in this business or did you do something else before you became a financial advisor? So one of the tips actually in my college poor no more that I really push to college students, I'll just back up here, is the um, internships. I was lucky enough to have two phenomenal internships when I went to St. Mary's College in Moraga. One of them was working for Shell Oil. And when I graduated, they offered me a job. Uh, and the second internship is working for the three gentlemen that I now own the company with. So those two internships were amazing. When I graduated, I uh, went to go work for Shell Oil, did the corporate thing, which I will say was wonderful. I mean, how great is it to get a car, to get a, you know the allowance, <laughs> uh, the, the, the gasoline free and all that that wonder, those wonderful benefits. But I always had this longing um, to be my own boss, to really control my own destiny. And um, that's where ultimately I kept in contact with um, my three. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome back to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We are well on our way now into 2015, and I hope you're having a great year. We're a little over a week into the new year, and I know that a lot of people gave me a lot of positive feedback about the goal-setting episode that we did with Jerry O'Brien a couple of days before the new year. And so hopefully you took some of that advice that Jerry O'Brien shared, and you're setting your goals, and you're making things happen for the new year. And if some of those goals are financial-based goals, you're going to want to listen to the entire show today because we have an amazing guest. Today, we are going to talk with Michelle Perry Higgins, and she is a financial planner and a principal at California Financial Advisors in San Ramon, California. But as I look at her bio, I mean, we could spend the whole half hour reading all the amazing things she's done in building this practice and helping executives and helping families prepare for retirement and everything else. She has won, you know, all kinds of awards as just a leader in her industry and as a businesswoman. But one of the things that's really interesting is she's the author of two books and full disclosure, she's worked with New Year Publishing, which is the publishing company that I'm involved with. And she has a third book coming out. So her first book was called The Everything Binder, Financial Estate and Personal Affairs Organizer, which if you think about it, that's something we all really should have. We really should have all of our financial ducks in a row. And Michelle's book does a really good job of helping people get that together. And then the next one gets a little more fun. It's Stocks, Bonds, and Soccer Moms, Seven tip, seven steps, excuse me, to a balanced life. And then the new one that has me most excited, it's going to come out in May of 2015. And it is called College Poor No More, 100 Savings Tips for College Students. And if you've listened to the show, you know that I'm about to launch one of my kids off into the world of college this year. So as soon as that book comes out, or, or maybe I can get an advanced copy from New Year Publishing, I'm going to make my daughter read How to Be College Poor No More. So, <laughs> so Michelle, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love your show, and um, I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we met once when I was out in the San Ramon, Danville, California area, and you are just delightful. So I know that everybody who is listening today is not only in store for some really good information, but also this is going to be a fun conversation. So I gave everybody a little bit of a background of you know how you are you know this great financial advisor and how you've done all this stuff, but, but why don't you sort of describe what your business is? 
So my my partners and I, I own a company with three other gentlemen. Um, we are money managers and financial planners. And, and I say that with two hats uh, because financial planning is so important and really the foundation of how we manage money. Um, we now are managing uh, over $980 million in assets. Um, and we really spend a lot of time, first and foremost, doing financial plans, understanding um, one's assets, their living expenses, their dreams, their fears, getting them, um, transitioning them out of big companies. We work with a lot of AT&T and Chevron folks um, that are getting early retirement offers. Should they take them? Should they leave? Um, so that is what we do. And then, of course, the other hat I wear, which is actually managing retirement dollars once folks leave leave the company or transition to other businesses. Have you always worked in this business or did you do something else before you became a financial advisor? So one of the tips actually in my college poor no more that I really push to college students, I'll just back up here, is the um, internships. I was lucky enough to have two phenomenal internships when I went to St. Mary's College in Moraga. One of them was working for Shell Oil. And when I graduated, they offered me a job. Uh, and the second intern is working for the three gentlemen that I now own the company with. So those two internships were amazing. When I graduated, I uh, went to go work for Shell Oil, did the corporate thing, which I will say was wonderful. I mean, how great is it to get a car, to get a, you know the allowance, <laughs> uh, the, the, the gasoline free and all that, that wonder, those wonderful benefits. But I always had this longing um, to be my own boss, to really control my own destiny. And um, that's where ultimately I kept in contact with um, my three partners and uh, left Shell Oil after a couple of years of graduating. Was it scary to say, here I am, this young executive with a car and, you know, I work for Shell Oil, so my gas is free. That's kind of a cool perk I've never yeah. thought about. <laughs> there, there's a tip for the listeners. Go work for an oil company and have free yeah. gas. Um, but was it hard to say, mm, I'm going to leave it all behind and go join a little company and become sort of a, a solo person whose whole future is dependent on myself? Was that frightening? Oh, Tom, if you could only, I wish I could had a tape recorder to go back and tape the conversation with my father who said, you're absolutely insane. I can't <laughs> believe you're making this decision. You're leaving Shell Oil. What are you doing? And um, so it was beyond frightening. And for probably, I'm sure most entrepreneurs would agree, for the first 10 years, it was frightening uh, because it's hard. You know, you, you work so hard those first few years to get your business up and running that, and, and still today, you know, it's a 24 seven, um, business. And so, yes, it was extremely frightening. Anybody who goes into my business, I give them the nuts and bolts of the first few years are not easy. It, it's, it's absolutely, um, a scary transition, but it is a very rewarding career to be in, to be in the finance industry. What do you, now that you've been doing this for a long time and you got through those starting years and, and, you know, that's one of the things as I've been doing this, I think this is like the 35th or 36th episode of the show. The more of the entrepreneurs I talk to, you know, there's always new advice, but there's always similarities. And you talked about how it can take up to 10 years before you start to feel stable. And everybody says it's going to take two or three years 
before you're going to have any security at all when it comes to an income. And so, you know, the, the, the numbers they give vary, but I think a lot of people jump in thinking, hey, I'm going to start my own business and by a week from Friday, I'm going to be earning my corporate income. Um, you know, so you bring up a good point saying it takes 10 years to sort of get to that stability. But now that you're well past that and, and you've written several books and you've won a bunch of accolades, what do you love? What do you absolutely just adore about working for yourself? For me, I, 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 I admit, and I'll say it here on the show for your millions of listeners. Mil- the that's right. That o- is, it's millions, yeah. millions. The OCD in me, um, you know, really never shuts down. And so it's the pro and con of what I do. Yesterday, I was talking to a client on a Sunday. I never shut it down when I'm on vacation. But I absolutely am passionate about this business and planning for clients. I love it. I love doing financial plans. I love finding ways for um, people that I've worked with for 17 years to finally say, you are done. You have a beautiful financial plan. You can retire, go golf for the next 20 years. You know, that is extremely rewarding for me um, to be able to tell someone they can retire and have that blissful life they've worked so hard to um to achieve. So for me, that's, that's one part of it. And then the other part is I do love managing money and I do love watching the cycles of the stock market. We just, we just closed out an interesting, I I was going to say amazing, but it really, you know, it was an interesting year in 2014. We had the S and P soar to highs, but then we had the international market, the emerging market, the commodity market, not have a great year. And so, um, you know, I love to watch the cycles and educate folks on that also. Now, you're also the mother of a couple of children. So how does, you yeah. know, running your own business, how does it impact your personal life? It took me years to figure that out. And then I wrote a book on it, on balancing, um, balancing my life. I married a wonderful man who was um, very supportive of my career. And I think that's Step number one is making sure that the partner you are with is very supportive um, because there's no way I could be this successful without him. Um, And then also always, uh, you know, I'm very honest with my children. Um, I'm very honest about what mommy does. And it's my job to, to, you know, to help other people. And mommy can't be at your play today or mommy can't work in your class today because I need to go help my clients. And, you know, so as they're still little, they are wrapping their head around why does mommy work and other parents don't don't work, but, um, it's very much part of our life now. And I, I think my little one, she, uh, I brainwashed her to, uh, come work with me someday. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your succession so I'm looking plan. forward to that. <laughs> your succession plan is get the kids in the business when they're six, seven, eight years old, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you bring up a couple of great points and I just want to echo those. One of them is having, you know, a supportive partner. Cause I know I've been working for myself. I can't believe it's going to be six years on April 1st, but I never could have done it if my wife didn't believe in me. And especially with what I do, being a speaker and a master of ceremonies, I have to be where the conferences are. And I don't live in Las Vegas or Chicago or Washington, D.C. or San Diego. Austin, Texas, while it's a great town, you know, there's not enough, you know, conference business for me to be able to survive if I wasn't to get on a plane regularly. And my wife and then also my kids have been very supportive of it. And and like you said, you just have to be honest with them. Sometimes people say, well, you know, how can you be a parent if you travel so much? Well, When I'm away, I'm away. But when I'm home, 
I'm home. You know, I'm able. I drove elementary school. I drove my daughter to school probably 80% of the time. Now, when I was gone, I was gone for two days at a time. But the rest of the time, I was able to, you know, have that that car time, as, as we, ha- we call it, where I think you get some of the best time with your children. And so it really does, you know, if, if the family's involved and everybody kind of is on your team, I think it all works itself out pretty easily. And the other thing you brought up is that you can't shut it down. And I think those two things go hand in hand. Uh, the guests, many guests have said it, but uh, Jessica. Jessica Pettit, who was my third guest when I started the show a few months ago, she said, and it's someone else's quote, but she couldn't remember who, who it came from, but it was a great quote that said that the greatest part about being an entrepreneur is she gets to choose which 20 hours a day she works. Mm, so true, yes. <laughs> so yep. that, that's what you like about it. Is there anything you don't like about working for yourself? Or do you ever wake up on some mornings and say, boy, shell oil would look really good right about now? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, there's not much. I mean, I will say 2008 was a little challenging being <laughs> a financial planner. I would imagine. Uh, days like today are no, not so much fun. Um, but overall, you know, sure, would I love to be able to shut it down? Absolutely. But um, there's not much I don't love, which is why I'm so passionate about this this career and what I do. And it's not painful for me to pick up the phone and have to talk to a client on Sunday. I enjoy it. That's that's part of what I do. It's okay for me to have to work when I'm on vacation. That's the balancing act I do to be in this career. So not, there's not too much, believe it or not, that I don't like. Well, and that's another similarity I'm finding is most of the people I'm interviewing on this show come back and say, no, I wouldn't want to go back to corporate America. They, they don't think that, you know, some people say they're just forever unemployable after they've had that, that taste of being their own boss. Right. Right. So let's yeah. say there's someone out there and, and maybe it's maybe it's someone who is like you. Maybe they were maybe they're young and they've been in corporate America a couple of years, but they have that pull that 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 twang going on in their stomach saying, you can do it. You can do it. What advice do you have for them if they want to take the leap and start their own business? So that's a great question, Tom. And I, I, I actually have a new advisor who's coming on board with me. And, and when I, I've been talking to her for about a year now, and I told her two things. Um, one, and this is advice my dad gave me at a very young age. If you are going to be your own boss, if you're going to own your own company, you are going to work until your hands bleed. And, you know, technically that's not occurring here on a day-to-day <laughs> uh, basis, but the, analogy, the visual of that, that's how hard I work. And that's how hard I expect um, anyone who comes into our practice to work. They are going to work long hours. They are going to work tirelessly for our clients. Um, They are going to have stress lines that no other individual will have. That comes with the territory. If someone is not willing to put those kind of hours, that kind of energy um, in when you're on vacation or not, or in the office, then this is not, this is not right for you. Um, so are you willing to have your hands bleed often? Um, and then secondly, I would say you got to have a large emergency reserve to make the transition, um, into my practice or into most entrepreneurs need a very large emergency reserve because again, that paycheck is gone, that steady paycheck is gone. And so in order to feel the comfort of, okay, I have X amount of months as my ramp of time, X amount of years of my 
ramp up time. I have this emergency reserve that that I can fall on. That is really important. And and as a financial planner, I preach that to all my business owners is um, really make sure that emergency reserve is liquid. Um, It's not taking on stock market risk. And yes, it's pathetic returns at the bank, but it's safe. <laughs> well, and when I started my business, my, I had been speaking on the side and kind of doing some consulting and coaching stuff on the side while I had a full-time job. And my goal, and, and my boss knew it, she was very supportive of my dreams and my goals. My goal was to save up a year's worth of income that would be liquid or, or mostly liquid that we could draw on because I figured, and I was actually pretty correct, it would take a couple of years to be able to generate enough income to match what I made in corporate America. And the goal was if I had a year's salary in the bank, even if I was earning half as much, I could make it work for two years. But what happened was 2008, as you said, was it wasn't fun for financial people, but it wasn't fun for those of us who were working in corporate America because, you know, the, 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 you know, the bottom fell out and so did a lot of jobs. And I was one of those middle-aged guys who lost his job. And it was April 1st, 2009. And I always make the joke that, you know, being laid off on April 1st, the irony is not lost on me. And I had about three months money in the bank. And that's a lot different than 12 months money. But the opportunities, the choice was taken away. It was no longer my choice. And I, there were no jobs, you know, in corporate marketing at the time for services companies. So I just jumped in. And the truth was, was, you know, where I talked earlier about my wife being supportive. It, it was important because we ended up running through that money, then running through some other money that wasn't really emergency money, and then running up credit cards in order to, you know, make things work. We still had, you know, a mortgage to pay and, you know, children to educate and feed and do all the things that you have to do as a family. And it took about two years and about the equivalent of one full year's salary before sort of everything turned around. But then when it turned around, I had debt to pay off and a lot of it was credit card debt. So, you know, I definitely fell into, you know, what you're counseling against. Uh, Would it have been nice if in three months everything had taken off and I didn't have to take on any debt? Yep, you know, it sure would have been, but it really would have been great if I had been able to live by the advice that you give and had that year's salary in the bank because that would have made my life a lot less stressful during that two-year period. Right, right. So really quick, let's talk a little bit about your books. I mean, you've been very prolific. You've written three books in the last two or three years, and I know that you've had a lot of success uh, with the Everything Binder. And tell us a little bit about that book and maybe a little bit about stock bonds and soccer moms, but then let's get to the important stuff, which yeah. is college poor no more. You know, it's been a fun ride. I I, I will say that um, the first, I kind of stumbled, if you will, onto writing these books. The first book, The Everything Binder, um, which is a binder with 17 tabs, about 100 pages, um, it, what I really created that as a present for my clients. I had been using this concept um, for decades where I told my clients, if something happened to you today, do you have everything in one location? And I would get the deer in the headlights look like, what are you talking about, <laughs> Michelle? And I would say, well, if something happened to you today, I know you have some information that's in your safe deposit box. You have some in the cloud. You have some on your computer. You have some in the filing cabinets. But you, your trust is not what I'm talking about or your state plan. I'm talking about everything else. Where's the code for your safe deposit box? How do you? Who's your gardener? Who's your medical professional? Where's your your um, information for your HR department? And literally, I would 
have folks just look at me in shock, like, I don't have anything like that. And so that is how it all started is, is I really started to just work with my clients to say, okay, let's get this in one spot, one spot, one spot. Because when folks passed away, unfortunately, then their heirs would come to me and say, okay, well, where's this? Where's this? Where's that? Where's this? And how do you open up mom's safe deposit box? Or does she even have one? And so I wanted to try to create something. And that was where the everything binder came to life. Because then I went to the market and realized there was nothing out there like what I wanted to create to the level I wanted to create this binder. Gosh, I wonder how many I wonder how many people are listening to this podcast right now gripping the steering wheel or if they're on the on if they're on the treadmill if you've seen those videos where the person stops running and the treadmill keeps going and they go flying off backwards i wonder how many people just thought nobody knows who my gardener is nobody knows where these things are i mean i was listening to you say this and i thought i've I've known you since just before the book came out i should have bought the book why don't i have this i already knew what it was about and just hearing you talk made me go "Uh uh-oh i don't have it all in one place right right and you think, oh, we're so young. We don't need this yet. Um, but <laughs> well, it, speak, it's, speak it's for yourself. Really speak for yourself. I'm getting old. That we do need. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, you know, or you're retired. It, it, we need to have this. And, and the computer technology age has made it even more complex because your errors now are, they're not just going to that. Remember that old crickety filing cabinet that our parents had where everything was in the filing cabinet? Oh, or my, in the safe deposit box. It's not like that anymore. We have stuff everywhere. My dad had everything in like three manila folders. All the right. insurance policies were in one and all the stocks were in another and any other instructions were in a third. You know, right. And it was like he always, every time you'd go and visit him, he'd take you over to the file cabinet and he'd say, okay, here's where the stuff is, you know, in case you're the one, you know, first one upon me or whatever. Right. And, and I will say the cringe moment for me came... I tell this story often, the cringe moment for me came when I asked a client, you know, we were kind of going through where her stuff was and whatnot, and she's a single woman, and she said, oh, oh, and by the way, Michelle, don't forget, I have my grandfather's Rolex hidden at the bottom of my laundry box. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) And I, yeah, I just cringed, and I thought, oh, this would be the estate sale that her family had that the, the the junkity old laundry thing went out on the you know and this beautiful rolex went missing so that's the everything binder i love it it's doing well it's not fun to fill out it's not sexy to buy someone for christmas but you know what it's one of those things we all need and once you fill it out you feel this ultimate peace of mind and really for entrepreneurs we really should step back and think about this for a minute as people who run our own businesses or want to run our own businesses, having this information handy is really important, not just for your personal life, but probably for your business too. Right, right. And there is a business section in there um, because again, it's for a lot of us, it's it's all up in our brains or in our, in our computers. My spouse doesn't know a lot about my business. So um, it was important that 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 was written down. The second book was called Stocks, Bonds, and Soccer Moms. This is a book that um, is all about the seven steps to balancing um, life. And um, that was really important for me because um, I wanted to be superwoman. I wanted to be super mom. I wanted to be super partner. and, um, and, And that comes with a lot of guilt for women that going back to work and you're leaving these beautiful little children at home and and learning to get rid of that guilt and balancing 
balancing it all. So that is a fun book where women, I've gotten just amazing responses from women who say, I finally am getting rid of the guilt and learning, learning to be um, the woman that I can be at work and then at home. And as you, you mentioned, alluded to earlier, you're being present when you're at home. And, um, and so that book is stocks, bonds, and soccer moms. And then the final book, um, (laughs) that's coming out May 1st, which I'm so excited about, um, is called college poor no more. It's a hundred saving tips for college students. And the, the reason that I wrote this book is I'm on the wall street journal expert panel, and they often have asked me, um, for tips for college students. And um, as a retirement planner, someone who really focuses on getting folks to retirement, I don't do a lot of what I would say where I'm counseling college students. (laughs) Um, And so over the years, I've done a lot of research in this area and realized, boy, we need to help this generation of students while they're in college find ways to become financially fit and find ways to manage their money while they're in college. So if we as parents send our children off to school without the tools, they they end up in school and before you know it, they have credit card debt. Um, They're going to Starbucks every day, spending four bucks on a latte. And um, so it was really important for me to... First, it started with, oh, can I put together 40 tips for college students? Then it got to 80. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm so close to 100. <laughs> Let's go for it. So it's 100 tips. Um, it's a really short, fun book also where it's not going to be another book that college students have to you know, spend 12 hours reading. Um, it's 100 tips of ways that they can save while they are in college and really g- giving them financial tools of how to budget, how to watch their money while they are in college. And then the important thing also, um, there's a whole chapter on professional matters, is I really wanted to talk about some of the things that um, are important for these students to equip themselves with, which is internships. Um, very important that that students equip themselves with internships to get jobs. Um, really important that they understand their body language. And this is, you know, you talk about this when you speak body language. People need to understand that they can't have their head down and looking at a phone all the time. And what does their body language look like when they walk into interviews and their relationship with their professors? And so there's a whole bunch of tips also on how to get a job, how to land a job, because that obviously we, we want them. The end result is to get a job. <laughs> so um, this is coming out May 1st, and I'm so excited um, that 100% of the proceeds, my proceeds will be going back to scholarship funds for college students. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, this is a big part for me that I want to find ways to give back um, to get kids through school. God, that is so wonderful. And you know, I'm, I'm knee deep in this right now because we're filling out the financial aid forms and all the college applications for my, my daughter has filled out. You know, it's taken over, you know, a large chunk of our, of our family and you start to look at the numbers and you use these little financial calculators and they say, oh, well, your family can contribute, you know, X amount of money. And it's like, that's a third of our income is what they think that we can contribute. And it's like, who's doing, who, who in the government put these calculators together that that's what we can afford? And, you know, we've saved 
some for for it, but not nearly enough. And so she is starting to take a proactive role in what does she have to do as far as working and as far as getting scholarships. And, you know, so I think that when she gets to college, having the information that you have in this book, I'm going to be the first person on May 1st to buy a copy of your book. And uh, for graduation, that's going to be one of the many things that are tied up with nice bows on it for my daughter. Oh, thank you. I, I will send you an advanced copy. Let, let's get you on the right track today. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, and, and if you want, I'll make her read it now. And as a high school student, she can give you a, uh, a, blurb, yes. a blurb saying what a great book it is. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, one of the things, you're doing so many cool things. We probably could make this like a two-part podcast. We could talk for over an hour. But one of the things I find is some of the best entrepreneurs, they're observers. And I mean, we could talk about Michelle and all the stuff you're doing for forever and a day. However, yeah. I always find this is my favorite question. I ask people, who do you see out there? And it can be someone in your industry or it could be something entirely different. It could be a donut shop owner. Who is it that you see where you think he or she, they're just killing it with what they're doing? Who's doing something cool? What has been mind-blowing for me and probably all the folks listening is social media. And so I have become very active on Twitter and my Facebook business page and all that good stuff. But I am blown away at all of the cool things that are taking place with business owners through social media, especially Twitter. I'm shocked at how it's cost effective, which of course I love as a financial planner to see these businesses having access to so many people. But what I love most of all is the education that can go on with some great followers um, that I, I have. I've been educated so much by the articles that are being posted, by um, stats that are being posted, um, by the, you know, whatever they might be doing um, at the time. But I, do, I think that for any entrepreneur, if they are not on social media, if they are not on Twitter, Pinterest, and they have a business page, that would be the first thing I'd say, run and go do it because that is the future. And, um, and there's so many free things you can be doing through those resources. So, Michelle, another question I love to ask is, how do you give back? Because the best entrepreneurs definitely find, you know, ways to serve the greater good. And, and you're already doing it with what you said about your new book, that all the proceeds are going to go to college scholarships. I'm hoping you have a runaway bestseller because I think oh, that's, I think that's fantastic. So, but, but what all are you doing to give back, you know, that and beyond? So my passion really several years back, I joined the Women's Leadership Council at St. Mary's College, which is where I went to college. Um, I was generously given a massive amount of money by St. Mary's to go to their school. And so it has been important for me to, um, to find ways to mentor um, young females into my profession. So that is a big, um, a big thing for me is I want to mentor into this profession. I want to get more females out there as financial advisors. Um, and it's uh, very important for me to raise scholarship dollars because it's, it's amazing how expensive college is today oh, and crazy. most families cannot afford it. It's it's crazy. And and I look at the numbers and, you know, like I said, we've saved and we've planned and I just go, how in the world can we do this? Right. And so students are going to need to be a part of this. 
They are going to need to be more financially equipped than any other generation. You cannot send your student off to school without understanding what a budget is, without understanding the opportunity cost of, okay, if I go out, and I told the student this and she laughed, you cannot go out to a game on Friday and and spend $10 on a drink and $20 on whatever your meal. And then the next day think, oh, why did my bank account go down so much? You know, <laughs> that that was supposed to be my money for my food for the next two weeks. My mom's going to kill me. Um, you know, students really have to understand the decision making because parents are really having to work longer, take out loans. Um, and students are going to have to understand what it's like to manage money during school and make those those decisions. So I want to, I'm really passionate about finding ways to help raise scholarship dollars for those deserving students um, and help mentor students into my business, um, open the doors for them, because that's what, what people did for me. And I wouldn't be here today without without those individuals who did that for me. And I think that's wonderful because you really are helping the next generation. And and if some, you know, young man or young woman gets into your business and they're successful, it can be very lucrative. So you may have like changed their future of their family by helping them get into the industry. Right. Right. Michelle Perry Higgins, it has been absolutely fantastic to have you on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Let's say that somebody listened to this show and they're like, I have to know more about Michelle. How do they find you? Easy. My website, michelleperryhiggins.com. You can go there, two L's and Michelle, michelleperryhiggins.com. And everything is there. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate being on. This is a great podcast. Oh, Michelle, I knew going into it just by your personality that we were going to have fun chatting. And so this was a great episode. And thank you to all the listeners who tuned in and stuck with us all the way to the end here. Thank you very much for everybody who has listened to all, all the shows up until now. And if this is your first time, I hope that you'll go back on iTunes or Stitcher and look at some of the older shows and, and listen in. If you like the show, send a tweet to me and let me know at Tom Singer. You can also go, we have a Facebook page uh, at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do on Facebook. And if you liked uh, hearing from Michelle, if she gave you some good advice, I'm sure she would love to hear from you on Twitter as well. What's your What's your Twitter address? At Retirement MPH. Retirement, retirement MPH. MPH. And MPH would be for Michelle Perry Higgins, I see. Right. Okay, perfect. So I hope someone will send you a tweet saying, hey, I really liked, I liked hearing you on Cool Things. We'll be back with you in a couple days with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at Tom Singer. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.